This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. Watching television, watching television. Watching television, watching television. I need all the image, I need all the sound. I know the info right into my mind. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trial by Pilot. This is the show where we judge an entire series of television and the work of hundreds on one episode. I'm Bill Lynch. I'm Elizabeth Lynch. And we're on week 452 of COVID-19 quarantine. (laughs) We are a couple days past Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to any mothers out there listening. Thank you. And also, yes, you're probably listening when this comes out. Yeah. Um, Mm. Happy Mother's Day to you, Elizabeth. Thanks. Can I just say... From the bottom of my heart, you're in my like top ten to twelve mothers in my life. So <laughs> ten to twelve. <laughs> Sincerely, that's true. Top, well, top ten. <laughs> you really showed me by giving me a delicious breakfast in bed, letting me sleep in all day. I didn't have to lift a finger. I didn't cook. I didn't clean. <laughs> I had so much hot coffee served to me in bed <laughs> with um, uh, those crumpets that I made. I had two of them toasted <laughs> with uh, just tell me now because butter we'll- and raspberry jam. <laughs> We're recording this the evening before Mother's Day, and so Elizabeth's just letting me know exactly how it's all going to play out. Um. <laughs> I opened my first present. When we first woke up, and then I, another one right before dinner. <laughs> you really spoiled oh, me. Oh, boy. Now we're getting really unrealistic. <laughs> um, we're talking about another mother today, Phyllis Schlafly. Schlafly? Schlafly, with two L's. There's an L. Two L's. Two L's. We're talking about Mrs. America, an FX original series exclusively on Hulu. <laughs> Wait, is that what it is? Yes. There's a bunch of series. I was because I was confused because I thought that this was a Hulu series. Yeah. Which I mean, effectively it is. Mm-hmm. But then when it, we started to watch it, there was the FX logo on it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I think like I think it's basically the same company. Yeah. But they're calling it an FX series exclusively for Hulu, which I don't understand because FX is still a network. Well, maybe it's like their production company. Or I, something. I, yeah, I guess that must yeah. be it. That must be it. It's still it's still weird. Yeah. <laughs> It's confusing. <laughs> um, yeah, I've heard... Of, yeah, because it could be like... Uh, it's just weird if your production company is the same name as a television network and you're producing stuff for other television networks. Yeah, like what if there's like NBC like production or NBC Universal or whatever. Right, right. And they make a show just for Netflix or yeah. something. Weird. Does everyone understand what we mean? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, really impressive cast... On yeah. The show. Uh, it stars Kate Blanchett, Sarah Paulson, just in this first episode, John Slattery, James Marsden. And then at the very end, we start to see some of the other main characters that are going to get more mm-hmm. airtime later, I think. But I was really impressed looking through the cast list for the show. Um, I don't think I've seen a ton of stuff with Kate Blanchett. She's just like such a name. Yeah. Um, who, is, who was the actress that played her sister in law? 
I don't know. What's she looks very name? familiar. I kept thinking that it was. Um, I kept wanting to say like it was like Marsha Gay Harden, but that's not. No, wait, no. is that right? Anyway, that's not <laughs> who it was. They, yeah. She was like very aged in this show, and I can't think of what her name was. Yeah, I I did remember thinking that like, oh, I recognize her, but from I guess a long time ago. She looks much older now. Well, <laughs> so did John Slattery. He looked so eight. Like there was something oh, I, about yeah, like I mean, everyone just days. looked so different. <laughs> like <laughs> so, this follows uh, a few key characters around during the early 1970s when the ERA Equal Rights Amendment was like a big issue. Mm-hmm. And so we're introduced to some of the characters in 1971 at. What we can gather was a fundraiser for a Phil Crane um, campaign. James Marsden's character. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Phil Phil Crane was a you know Republican congressman, I think, back in the seventies. And during this fundraiser, the wives of the politicians are modeling bathing suits for everyone else, including Phyllis Schlafly. So odd. It was really weird, but you know her friends or other wives are talking about her backstage and she goes out in her two-piece bathing suit a big smile but that like quickly vanishes like after she turns from the crowd which is kind of a recurring theme Mm -hmm. in this in this first episode and then backstage they're talking about the upcoming election and she mentions something about running in the in the past then phil crane comes backstage and invites her onto his show conservative viewpoint and before they go on well, first of all, Phil Crane's just like a creep in this yeah. in this pilot. Like clearly yeah. just like flirting and trying I mean, to trying to cheat on his wife. His friends' wives model bikinis at his fundraiser, so he's kind of a creep. Well, yeah, but his friends are there. <laughs> right, but it's still weird. It's yes, still yes, weird. Sure. That bothered me the whole time. I was like, I still don't understand why she was in a bathing suit. I was so confused <laughs> by it. Um but yeah, he's like, oh yeah, are you gonna come on my come on my show? Wear that, blah blah blah. Like, he's yeah. just kind of like creepy. Not the bikini, what she was wearing backstage. Yeah, that was the bikini. <laughs> no, she had like something else on. She put like a shirt on over it or something. Anyway, <laughs> so they are backstage at his show now, or I'm sorry, they're sitting on set, and he's like going over everything. Like, you know, I'll ask you a question. I might disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget to smile. You got to smile. She's like, yeah. I think I got it. Yeah. And it's funny because she's just kind of like, you can tell she's just smarter than everyone else in the room. Yeah. You know? And she's just like, uh, you don't need to tell me like right. what to do, what to say. <laughs> yeah. And then he introduces her and reveals that she's the mother of six. But that hasn't stopped her from authoring like four or five books on nuclear arms. Mm-hmm. And so they start to discuss a potential treaty with the Soviet Union, which was also a big issue at this time. And whatever Crane says, she like totally disagrees with and starts making like all these valid points. Mm-hmm. He's like visibly uncomfortable with right. it. Because he's like trying to cut her off, but he can't because she's just too eloquent yeah. and just yeah. like keeps going. But then backstage, he still asks her to join him for a meeting in D.C. to talk about the treaty. Then we meet Phyllis's husband, Fred, played by your boy, John Slattery. Yeah. Elizabeth loves John Slattery. I mean, don't a lot of people? I guess. Yeah. 
He's just I just know you do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's I, mean, I love a silver fox. You know that. You do. Uh, obviously, we know him from Mad Men. Yeah. Um, so he plays Fred Schlafly, and she reveals that with this new redistricting that was just approved, that she has a better chance of winning a congressional seat this time, and so she mm-hmm. wants to run again. And as as they're talking, I guess I don't know. I didn't really get a sense of like where he worked or with who. Yeah. But she brought like a bunch of muffins into his office, and so one of his like colleagues comes in eating a muffin. And he's like, wow, this is great. Have you ever thought about started? Have you ever thought about starting a bakery? And she goes, no, I haven't. <laughs> just like plain yeah. cold. And he just turns and leaves the room. She's just no nonsense. You know, it, it's like she wants to be taken seriously. And I think by a lot of people she is, but she's still someone's wife. Right. You right. know? Yeah. So she is discuss- discussing the women's liberation movement with a bunch of her friends at a salon and you know, they're trying to convince her like, Hey, this is an important issue. The the ERA is like against housewives Mm -hmm. or at least they are against it as housewives. Yeah. Um, You know, they're saying how it could mean that women could be drafted into military service. It could mean that women won't have to get paid alimony in divorces, Mm -hmm. all, all this stuff, which I don't know if any of that stuff is true or not. I don't know if it was like media driven or maybe parts of it were true. But then later, Sarah Paulson's character, one of her friends, drops off a bunch of like books and articles for her to read on the movement. Mm-hmm. And Phyllis's mother is also there. And we go back to their house, the mom's house. And Phyllis finds like a bunch of unpaid bills there mm-hmm. at her mom's house. Now, Fred reveals that he is concerned about her running, saying how, you know, she'd have to abandon her family and, D- and move to D.C., which is like, you know, normal for a man to do, but a woman to do just doesn't feel right. Right. Is what he's saying, not yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. And then she like has this epiphany. She's like, you didn't think that I could win two years ago, did you? Because you supported me two years ago. Yeah. And he doesn't say anything. He just closes the door. Yeah. And then she does go to DC for the meeting with Phil Crane. And again, he's being even more creepy. He's trying to get her to like stay. Oh, no, I can introduce you to more people if you come out to dinner. Get a hotel room, spend the night. Like, she's like, I'm getting on a flight to go, you know, her duty, she's got to be home. So, like, she's getting on a flight back, like, that night. It's just a quick trip. But she does reluctantly agree to go out to dinner and drinks Mm -hmm. afterwards. And so they head to this meeting, and, you know, it's, I don't know, five men in the room and Mm -hmm. her, something like that. And the scene really just. Yeah. It's, I guess it's a bunch of congressmen, and I'm not entirely sure who, like, the main guy was but he was someone who had nixon's ear Mm -hmm. so he was like some you know higher up politician and so they start to talk about the treaty with the soviet union and they ask the secretary to leave they're like all right you know this is actually like a little high level yeah so they ask the secretary to leave but then one of the congressmen turns to phyllis and said you know someone should write notes do you mind writing notes you probably have really good handwriting right yeah this is just like you could just tell because she absolutely doesn't want to like cause any tension, but she's right. also so uncomfortable with being in that role. Like, and like at the same time, there's all these people outside, you know, there's like a march or protest going on for equal rights, which she speaks out against. She is not for this movement. Right. She's not for equal rights, but it is 
so I love like these moments where it's just like so jarring where like she would benefit from this right. movement, but she is against it. This is like not her platform. This is, this is not what she runs on, you know? Yeah. Well, and they ask her briefly before the meeting starts, like, Oh, what do you think about the ERA mm-hmm. thing? Because all of these Republican congressmen plan on voting for it. Right. Except for this main guy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, you know, I don't, I don't have strong thoughts. I don't, I don't care yeah. about it. But then she gets a pen and she comes back in and totally interrupts them. And she says, you know what? I do have strong thoughts on the ERA. Yeah. Let me just tell you this, you know, this is going to ignore millions of housewives that, you know, they're all going to be negatively affected. So I oppose it. Um, and yeah, it was just so strange to me in that moment. Like I, I guess we'll find out more of her motivations as the series goes, series goes along. Like, is she just doing this? to garner the favor of the one politician and then we'll use it to even get more support from certain groups. I don't even know, if she I, doesn't believe it. Uh, I don't think so. I think she believes it. Like, I think she, I think she just like has like really like strong, um, like just convictions, all the things that she stands for, like her, political belief like aligns with being against I, I don't know it just it just seems to me that this is what she actually believes but I like the way they did it where every single time she comes up to speak out against it something has literally just happened to her yeah. where you're like where like her husband doesn't actually take her seriously right so he's just like you know two years ago when she ran he was like oh that's cute <laughs> You know, where she like actually like could could do something for her party, like affect some change for her party, um, because she's smart and worth it, and you know, and good at what she does. Yeah. You know, not like she'd be running on any platforms that I would ever vote for, <laughs> but like watching like a woman who's clearly like as smart, if not smarter, than any of the men around her. Yeah. You know. So after this meeting, Crane, you know, mentions going out to dinner now and puts his hand on her shoulder and she just like gently takes off his hand and she goes, I'm flying home now. <laughs> and she just leaves. <laughs> like, don't you think like she could, like she should be marching and fighting with all these other yeah, yeah. women. <laughs> so back at home, they're having dinner with another couple and you know, she mentions, actually, I've decided that I'm not going to run for Congress. Now, was this the guy that she asked her husband to set up a dinner with, like, to get his support? I don't know. Oh, okay. Because I, I thought at some point she's like, oh, well, I appreciate your support, but I've decided not to run. Oh, okay. I think she was, like, asking him, like, well, what did he say? What did he say? Because she was, like, trying to get him to yeah. help her. So she says she won't be running. You know, she just got back from D.C. and it's just this broken system. And she feels like she'll get more done through her grass, grassroots methods. She has a, a newsletter. And her the own newsletter. Report. The Schlafly Report. I really liked that, actually, that um, the way they showed that scene. Because it really did show, like, okay, she went all the way to Washington. And it's like these five guys are getting nothing done. Nobody's read the actual, like, bill or whatever it is they're oh, voting yeah. on. <laughs> They're like they're not like doing anything. They're not saying anything to each other. And she's like sitting there being like, you know what? Fuck these guys. Like they're not they're not gonna get anything done. They're all voting for something they don't believe in because you know, like it'll help them right. you know how right. politics are. Yeah. Um 
And so I like the way they showed that, where she like really was just being like, yeah, fucking Washington's useless. I'm going to do it here, you know? Thank goodness, 50 years in the future, Washington <laughs> is like so efficient. Mm-hmm. I mean, Congress just like gets bills signed and passed so quickly that our, you know, these important pieces of legislation that their constituents need, yeah. you know, they're thinking about, well, you know, what's best for us. Futures now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they're at this dinner and Fred seems very pleased to hear that she's not running until she mentions (laughs) another reason she isn't is because it'll be very convenient to be home because her mother is moving in with them. And then Fred's face changes quite a bit. So then Phyllis is giving a lecture to a room of, I don't know, like a few dozen women, 40 or 50 women. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about the ERA and how it's demeaning to housewives and... You know, as she goes on and on, she's like starting to get nods and cheers and people are laughing at her jokes. And then she's like really starts like tearing into Gloria Steinem and some other Mm -hmm. leaders of the movement saying like, oh, they can't find a man. So they're bitter. Right. And we see her sister-in-law who lives with them and like helps care for the kids who is single in her 40s, um, who is like very upset by the fact that she's single and in her 40s. And like, there was just a scene with her and Phyllis where she's right. like opening up to her about this. So we see her face during this. And then, you know, as everyone's cheering and Phyllis is like smiling, like all gung ho as she ends her speech, we get like a little glimpse into like her, I don't know if inner turmoil is the right yeah, word. But like like, she, well, because the way that she was with her sister-in-law in the previous scene is so caring and kind and sweet and encouraging like you are more of like she's like um doesn't want to go to this like dar thing like mother-daughter thing oh right. i guess that's what it was i think that's what it was that she was in this yeah she's like well i'm not a mother and she's saying you're more of a mother to my kids than you know anyone else and just being like really nice to her about the fact that like she's really opening up and being like I why didn't anyone want to marry me and she's so sweet to her and then she just fucking in front of this room of people like kind of like tears into everything that she just opened up about yeah it was like really hard to it was like really heartbreaking to watch that woman must have felt so you know uncomfortable and betrayed hurt yeah so yeah at the very end I felt like we saw a little bit of that inner struggle. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm questioning, like, what does she really? Believe? What does she really? Believe? What are her motivations? I mean, maybe it's just that you know she is a Republican. She, you know, believes that being a housewife or a homemaker is like an important mm-hmm. job, and these people shouldn't be demeaned, and the ERA might be against them in some ways. But at the same time, she, I think that she's playing it up to like whatever degree she thinks is necessary to get people to to cheer for her and support her. Yeah. She also seems to really like that, that high. Yeah. You know? So now we fast forward to March, 1972 and Shirley Chisholm has become the first black woman elected to Congress. We saw like little snippets of her, like on the TV in the background back Mm -hmm. in 71. And you know, all these women are in her office celebrating that the ERA just passed the Senate. And so now, now I guess it goes to Congress and someone brings in the Phyllis Schlafly report 
and you know they like pass it around they're like oh shafley and like one woman like keeps correcting them like no it's shafley two l's Mm -hmm. and then tracy ullman's character goes who cares i'm not gonna say her name again yeah which was like right right okay (laughs) we we get it clearly the show is gonna be about her um and that was the end to the pilot to mrs america on Hulu for FX Productions. <laughs> Did you think that Gloria Steinem, like the woman who was playing her, like the younger Gloria Steinem, was just like a little too cool? Or is Gloria Steinem just like that cool? <laughs> I was just like, who is this like hot babe? Like, <laughs> which, like, shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> but like, Rose Byrne is oh, okay. the actress's name. Yeah, I have I've, no idea how cool she was in the seventies. I don't either. Like, like I, just I guess really was, cool. Yeah, it kind. I liked that scene because I was like, I want to be in that room with all those badass women. Like, I mean, I just pulled up. <laughs> I, just, I just googled Gloria Steinem nineteen seventies, and she kind of looks like her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume that they were pretty pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, looks wise, anyway, but. It just seemed like she just felt like she was the coolest person in the room. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then in that room, there's... I know I've seen her in other stuff. I just don't know what. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tracy Ullman is in that room. And oh, yeah. Margot Martindale is in that room. Who's that? She's just like a famous character actress who's like oh, okay. in everything, but no one really knows her. Okay. There was like an ongoing joke in uh, BoJack Horseman. Oh, okay. About Margot Martindale, like just being in stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she was in this. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Actually, <laughs> you said that she was the woman like the sitting older at the desk. Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. So, what did you think of Mrs. America? Um, I liked it. I love a period piece. Oh, you do. Love a period piece. And I just, uh, I liked seeing something from a different perspective. Yeah. That, like. It, it telling a story of of something that's like where the main character is like not like a liberal person fighting for women's rights like it easily right, could have right. been like from the viewpoint of Gloria Steinem and it's not right um and I I like that perspective and although I, so I think Mrs America is Phyllis Schlafly right but the pilot episode I think is called Phyllis. I think. And then the next episode is called Gloria. Oh. So we're going to see it from, I'm assuming, Gloria Steinem's perspective. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm into that. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, Because I was like, how are they going to make me, like, really empathize with this person who I would, like, not (laughs) empathize with? You know what I mean? Like, just as... Like, I don't understand that. I don't understand that woman who's so, so achieved and like wants, like wouldn't fight for women's rights. Like, I don't yeah. understand that. I mean, yeah, it was kind it of exists. Oh, clearly. I mean, that's why Trump's the president. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm in the same boat as you, but they did it well enough where you like start to see like some of the motivations about like at least you can start to understand like why someone would think that way i mean Mm -hmm. she was educated and accomplished and clearly would have benefited from some type of legislation like the era Mm -hmm. but at the same time she was a housewife and was proud of it and she had six kids and yeah all of her friends were housewives and felt strongly about it and you know 
asked her to, you know, uh, argue for those things on their, on their behalf because she was more eloquent and, yeah. and had those avenues. But yeah, then to see how very clearly it bothered her yeah. to be discriminated against and put down mm-hmm. and demeaned, you're like, oh, man. Yeah, actually, so I'm looking at a bunch of the episode titles, and most of them are like the first name of a woman. Like okay. Shirley Chisholm is going to be one of the episodes, then another woman, and then a group of women, which is which could be cool. I'm I'm kind of hoping that we still get some insight into Shirley, uh, Phyllis's motivations. Right. Yeah, like I really want to know like what's going on behind the scenes with her. Yeah, and you know how she. Well, carries I wonder all this out. if that's yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm just gonna skip right ahead and like I'm gonna keep watching it. Because I'm curious about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought... You just so, took a deep sigh, and I know we've got a lot on deck to watch. <laughs> I know. We're like partway through so many series for, right now. <laughs> for anyone that listens regu- regularly, I apologize because we fucking whine about this every single week. Like, we have so much TV to watch. <laughs> How are we going to watch this new show? But it's true. We still haven't, we still haven't finished My Brilliant Friend. We're like behind on that. Yeah, we're behind on that. Killing Eve. Killing Eve, we're actually on track. We're yeah. Like, we've seen the most recent episode. De- but Dead to Me just came back on Netflix, mm. which I assume we'll watch season two of Dead to Me. We've gotten into, we're um, watching I'm Not Okay with This. Oh, yeah. Um, that one's great, though, because most of the episodes are 20 to 25 minutes. Yeah. So we don't need to like commit a full hour. When we go up to bed, we can just mm-hmm. be like, Let's watch one episode of this while we're right. like winding down. Yeah. It's perfect. This These are a full hour. Yeah. So it's carving out another chunk of oh, time. and we're still watching The Last Dance. We've only seen two of that. We're like yeah. really behind on that. Yeah. So. It's. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, anyway. I also, I also really enjoyed it. I thought it was well produced, well acted. I thought the soundtrack was really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know. Not completely unexpected. They were like pulling some hits from the 70s. Right. But they were like, you know. Good. It was well done. It was good. Yeah. And I'm just I'm intrigued by the motivations of Schlafly and mm-hmm. how they're going to manifest themselves and what, you know, what's the end result? I, I don't know this story. Yeah. You know? I don't either. Um, I was just going to say, well, at least there won't be any spoilers because it's like historical, but like I also don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? So, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that we get both this intriguing inner struggle of Phyllis, but also, like, the battle between her and the women's liberation movement mm-hmm. and to see how that plays out. Because um, I think I think both could be really cool. Like, how do you just, like, not be so... Like, to me, I'm watching someone who's, like, has so many, like, advantages and privileges, but is still, like, so oppressed in her own home. Yeah. And that's just, like so interesting to me to see because what, what she's going to start speaking out about it now like of course not right she's going to go along with like that's a hard thing to unlearn like all those things that you've been taught and that you believe in and you have a marriage and kids with this guy who's like right. mm, I don't really care about your job <laughs> right. I'm not going to move for you you would move for me, but I don't move for you. Right. And that's so weird. I was trying to wrap my head around that and I couldn't because I just feel like we never would have married each other if that's the way we <laughs> felt, you know? Like, yeah. Luckily, we both make very little, so we don't have to make that decision. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we have discussed that before. Like, yeah. You know, moving for someone's job and, like, it would go both ways. And so yeah. I just don't understand 
it was a different time, I know, but it's also like still exists today. There's still people like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So one quick note from my research, Philip Crane, an actual congressman, Mm -hmm. uh, became a congressman on November 26th, 1969. How long do you think he was in office for until what year? Went into office on 1969. I don't even know. Uh, 93. 2005. Oh my God. Oh my God. The system's broken. (laughs) 36 years. Like, how does anyone think that's a good idea? Right. Like, how could anything progress? How could anything progress? (sighs) People like that. This is a political podcast now. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, That's insane. So yeah, I would definitely recommend checking this pilot out. Mm-hmm. It's there have been eight episodes up. Actually, Hulu is doing a weekly release on this one. Oh okay. So I mean, for the most part, Hulu is like Netflix. You could just binge a season when it comes out. But I think they're starting to play around with this mm-hmm. format where they just release it like a TV show. You have to tune in every week. Yeah. And so so far, there's been eight episodes. I don't know how many. Yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna guess that it's probably ten. Because that seems to be the streaming format uh, sweet spot. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. But yeah, I would I would recommend it if you, I don't know, historical stuff, good good drama. Yeah, it's just a, a well done show. So. Yeah. I also will we watch recommend. it? We'll see if we have time. We'll see if we have time. <laughs> I just fell asleep putting our three year old to bed. We started <laughs> recording this very late. Bill came up and was like. Hello? He was looking at me so weird, and I was like, what? He's like, you fell asleep. <laughs> what did you think when you woke up? I don't know. I didn't think I'd been asleep that long. I knew I was dozing <laughs> off when I put him to bed, but I was like, I don't know. I didn't realize that an hour had passed, <laughs> that I was asleep on his floor for an hour. Uh, the joy of parenthood. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else to say about Mrs. America? No, I like it. Good hair, good costumes. <laughs> good hair. All right, everybody. If you have suggestions on shows for us to watch, you can email us at trialbypilot at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at trialbypilot. And go on to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, subscribe to the show, leave a review, and tell a friend. And thank you to The Beats for providing our theme music. Thanks, Beats. Bye. Bye. Watch it.